0: This episode of
1: Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Dr. Lance Law and Dr. Mahela Bogdanov at Comfort Care Family Dental. Hello and welcome to Dana Being Dana. I'm Dana Michelle and I am thrilled you're with us. My show is about all different aspects of the human connection, things that bring us together and living life intentionally. Well, few things connect us more than money. After all, Many believe that it is money that makes this world go round. In fact, our local community in Naperville thrives on small businesses, and many of the owners of these businesses are women. So it's not just about making money, but about managing money wisely. Joining me today are two women who are living examples of women empowering women with careers in helping others manage money, especially women. Anita Knott's, founder and CEO of Lotus Women's Institute, and Jennifer Radistitz, a financial representative with Northwestern Mutual. Thank you ladies so much for joining me. Anita, what are some of the myths about money that you wanna clear up today?
2: How much time do we have, Dana? Good God. (laughs) Uh, You know, after being in the industry for as long as I have and talking to clients and such, there's so many myths out there about women and money. And, and part of it is that we do it to ourselves, right? There's there's a bit of this that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, I think, but it's because of years and years of traditional mores that have been sunk into our brains. Um, one of the biggest aspects being, we don't know how to invest, which could not be further from the truth. Uh, the fact that we've watched our fathers basically own that aspect of our financial livelihood between parents, right, and then our grandfathers. It's just been done throughout uh, history. But now, the more and more studies that are actually being done on this show that women are equally as good. Um, The other aspect, or another myth, is that we tend to be very risk-averse. And I love this, because as a newly-minted entrepreneur, I can tell you that the biggest risk I think I've ever taken is what's happening right now in terms of starting a business, right? And if you think about the number of women starting their own businesses right now, um, to, to, to place a statement that we don't take risk is sort of obscene, I think, at this point in time. Um, and the other one, as a financial advisor, drives me nuts um, from my advising days, is to tell women that they spend just too much, right? And that they spend too much on the latte or their shoes or their clothes, where. Technically, yes, it has been shown that we do spend more on clothes, but you can't talk about that without talking about men and their expenditures on golf club memberships, on cars, on electronics, what have you. So the spending isn't necessarily the issue. So I would narrow it down to those three myths. The investing, the risk averse is a myth. I think we're more risk aware. And the fact that we spend too much, it's just I think at the end of the day, it's all about education and financial literacy that's going to bring it all together.
0: Jennifer, how about you? Um, I think the biggest thing that I feel is like the biggest myth is that all debt is bad. Um, There is good debt. (laughs) Um, So there is good debt that we can we can think about. That's like your mortgage, your car payment, stuff like that. Um, where the interest rates are low on those most of the time. But where we think about bad debt is more like credit card debt, where the interest rates are extremely high. Um, and then also leveraging, you know, what it looks like to be able to pay off that debt intentionally um, and knowing which, which space you're going to go after first and how you could make up some of that that higher interest rate, et cetera. So the main piece that I think is a big myth is, is the debt portion, but also um, that we shouldn't talk about money. (laughs) Um, I've been having some recent conversations and it's just very interesting how women don't talk about money. We're not supposed to talk about it. And I think that that's a myth. You should be talking about it, should be empowering other women about their money. And I think that we're also competitive creatures um, and we like to learn from each other. And so if we are actually having those conversations, we're going, oh, maybe I should be doing something differently. And then it'll encourage us to go get that help that we need because we've heard you know, we're intrigued enough to wanna know more. But if the conversations don't exist, you're never challenged to think beyond the box that you've grown up in.
2: Women have been shown to be more at ease talking about their sex lives than they are about money. So what does that tell you, right? And money is what's actually going to secure our future, right, Um, whether it's post-divorce or, um, unfortunately, if your spouse dies ahead of you, that's truly a very important topic. It may not be as exciting, but it's something that we need to touch on regardless.
1: So you're saying saving over sex life. Talk about that's that. Right. Topic to talk equal. about. Maybe equal, maybe oh, <laughs> equal. Over lattes. Um, Anita, tell us about Lotus Women's Institute. First of all, congratulations on what Thank you're you. doing and how you are helping so many women. Um, tell us more.
2: Thank you, thank you so much, Dana. Um, You know, after nearly three decades in the industry, uh, I've learned a lot and I've cut my teeth on a lot, but what I've noticed is that I had to do it by trial and error and most of us do, right? That's how we evolve in our careers. What I'm hoping to do is pay it forward by attracting women into the industry and specifically women of color, but also helping them, mentoring them, coaching them by um, sharing with them the experiences that I've had that I think I did well with, but also the experiences that I've not done well with. So hopefully they don't have to to go through as much trial and error perhaps as I did, um, because I think it's critical. I don't think that the industry is going to remain a competitive place to be unless we can start bringing in more diversity Um, into this space. And I'm certainly not saying anything new. There's a lot of talk about that right now. But really, the mission um, for for, uh, Lotus Women's Institute is to attract these women, mentor and coach them, but at the same time, also connect them to the firms that I've had the the good fortune of connecting with over the span of my career. So part of it is mentorship. The other uh, aspect of it is truly uh, the recruitment side of it. Um, So I'm really excited about it.
1: Jennifer, you have been in the industry for a while, um, not as long as, you don't have three decades as Anita, but how do you react to that? How do you respond to
0: that? I think what Anita's doing is so powerful because being a woman in this industry, a young, younger woman in this industry, um, it is a really tough space to be in. And it was created um, around men, what works for men. And not that that's a bad thing. Men, men did, did a lot of great work with a lot of people, um, but bringing women, and we have different challenges in the space, um, being moms. And I think we're going to talk about that a lot um, today. That's probably going to come up quite a few times. But you know, being moms, balancing work, doing all the things that you need to do to be in the space, but also finding ways that work for you. Um, so I love what she's doing because women in this in this industry need mentorship, and they need mentorship by women.
1: I think that's so true. And just the empowering other women, uh, focusing on money management, particularly in a time of pandemic and, and uncertainty and so much change. Um, Anita, what do you hope to accomplish with Lotus Women's Institute?
2: Well, my favorite statement nowadays is that I want to turn the industry up on its head. All right. Uh, I, that is my number one. If I had to have a, a vision that's to be stated, that's what it is. Um, I really, I'm, I'm looking to work with women, not just any women, just for the sake of working with women, but women who want to be change makers in and of themselves, because we all have it in us, we just have to tap into it. And those women who are willing to really put themselves out there, try something that they haven't tried before. A lot of women don't think of exploring um, financial services as a career. So where are those women? That's who I want to talk to. That's who I want to connect with. And then on the other side, I am really interested in helping firms who are not simply out to just check a box because this topic is so front and center now, which is great, but who are the firms out there that really want to be at the forefront of change? that along with me, right? Because this can't be a one woman show. This has to be a village that's working together to truly change the industry, to truly change. It's not just about money for the sake of money, but think about the, uh, the, the far reaches of finance, right? We touch every other space. Money makes the world go round. Some people don't want to admit it, but it is a fact. Mm -hmm. And if we can get more women in frontline roles, as I'm training these folks to do, if we can get more women then even into leadership roles, this is just a ripple effect that I'm trying to create. And I'm trying to build it with an ecosystem that is Lotus.
1: Come on, Anita, you are making a movement. And I think it's so incredibly powerful, um, women to be able to be empowered and to make decisions, financial decisions, not only to take care of themselves, but their families.
0: I, I wanted to add to that, if it's okay. Um, one thing that I think that what you're doing, Anita, is so powerful is by not just attracting women to the industry, but real women want to work with women in this industry. They want to sit down with a financial advisor that is a female, that yeah. understands their needs, their, um, they, their forecasting, all of that. And so developing great young financial advisors that are female is just going to be so powerful in so many people's futures so yes. that is excellent thank you
1: what are some of the top mistakes women make when it comes to money
0: oh gosh i think the very first thing that they make is they don't start um the first thing that women do is they think okay you know i'll get to that i'll do that when i you know once i pay off my debt i'll talk about that And once I buy my house, then I'll talk about that. Well, the problem with that is that they're, they're putting time against them. So there's things that you can be doing to create a prosperous financial future, but you got to start. And so many women, um, just, they don't start. And that's the biggest problem, to be honest. And it's just that take care of a couple pebbles in the shoe and then move on to the next thing and keep meeting with your advisor every six months to the year. In reality, there's never a right time. You just have to take the jump. I believe, and I'm saying this from the inside, being in the industry for as long as I have, I think the industry has done a
2: great job uh, with the intimidation factor, right? Really using a lot of jargon, making it seem like it's really complex. I mean, for the love of God, have you seen CNBC? Throwing ratios every which way, and i'm here to let women in on a big secret it ain't that hard it really isn't and to jen's point just start uh some young women that are coming out of college even with their first jobs folks that i'm mentoring now i'm telling them literally open up an account i will tell you five places where you can establish an account put some amount of money from your very first paycheck into that account into a mutual fund or an etf we can pick a very you know a uh, broad ranging growth fund even, right? There's so many out in the universe. It's really not that difficult, but I think the industry has done a great job of making it seem that way so that women are kind of like, well, I don't know what I need to know before I start with step one. So please follow Jen's advice, find
0: an advisor like Jen and start getting that money to work, put it to work. You just have to start the habits. And that's where Anita made a great point of, you know, you have to start out of college. You've got a paycheck, you've got an income now. Um, And you gotta start, you gotta start really good habits because we all know habits take some time to create. And then once they're started, it's just gonna really help you throughout life. So I think that's the biggest thing is beginning, beginning the conversation and creating the habits early on.
1: Getting started ladies, managing your money. We're gonna take a quick break. Don't go away, we'll be right back.
2: Hello, I'm Dr. Law, part of the husband and wife team at Comfort Care Family Dental. I'd like to be the first to welcome you to our office. We strive to make every visit a relaxing and stress-free experience. The desires and needs of you and your family will be our primary focus in delivering the quality dental treatment you deserve. We offer a wide array of dental services. You can relax and enjoy most procedures all at our convenient, state-of-the-art facility. Your dental needs will be well explained, and all questions will be answered by your educated and well-trained team. We pride ourselves in making every patient part of our dental family. We strive to be the dental provider where you will be proud to refer your friends and loved ones. Please give us the opportunity to be your new dental home.
1: back to Dana Being Dana. We are talking about women, we are talking about wealth, money management, and there is no time like the present. Jennifer, can you tell us what is a money
0: mindset? Oh my gosh, money mindset. Well, everything you do in life, based off your mindset, and I am a true believer of that. So when it comes to money, um, I'm just going to use me as a personal um, testimonial at this point. Um, My money mindset has always been growth. Um, You can either have a growth money mindset or almost a debilitating money mindset. So it's however you connect your views with money is how, you know, things are going to happen for you. So just how we previously talked uh, before the break, you know, you got to start, you got to, and there might be something on money that said, oh, you shouldn't do that. It's too hard. Like Anita had mentioned, but really if you change your mindset to say, Hey, this is actually pretty easy. I can do this. Um, I want this. I want this for my family. And you change that mindset, you're going to be golden. Um, And that's in everything in life. Um, So I think that that is, I've always had a growth mindset. I work with my clients on growth mindset. What can we be doing just a little bit better? Um, And also just helping them not change all of their views, but like if they've had something that's been holding them back, go ahead and kind of transition it into a view that'll allow them to prosper.
1: Can you tell us about your single mom clients, ladies, and how they differ from others?
2: I think um, single moms have this mentality of wanting to understand everything, right? They are in full-blown seeking education mode because they're it for, for their whole family, right? They're the mom. They're the father. They're everything. And at times, they may be the teacher. I mean, it's just it's all of the above, So what I've noticed with single women uh, or single mothers is that first they put their children first, like, is there, what am I going to need? What is this money going to have to do for me so that I can be an effective parent and I can be a great taker, uh, caretaker for my kids? Um, So they approach it with that sort of, I guess all moms kind of have the mama bear, but single mothers so much more so because they're all those children have. Right. So that's that's the first thing is that they're always in um, seeking mode. They want to learn everything. They want to know everything. If I say to them, um, listen, this is what you're paying me for. Just give me some of the overall objectives that you're seeking and let me help. mm -mm, That's that's not good enough. They want to be in the weeds with you. They want to know exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it. And I applaud them for that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with everything that you just said, Anita, and I would add that I just think single moms, they got grit. They are the ones that will say, okay, it's whatever I'm doing, it's 20 bucks. And they'll go, okay, well, that's a coffee. I'll just get rid of the coffees this week. It's fine. That's, that's important for my kids. Or I need to do this. And they'll say, okay, well, that's a, that's a night out to dinner. We'll just, we'll just eat in one more night a week um, or whatever it is. But they back to that money mindset, they go, okay here's what I need. How do I get there? And then they make the adjustments to, to be able to do that. And I think that is just amazing. And they're willing to just go the extra mile for their families.
2: Connecting the topic of money mindset to women, whether they're single moms or not, but just women in general, what I noticed is that women, whether they're the the mom staying at home or their you know we had a client who was female but she was a cfo a large corporation regardless of which type of woman you're talking about their mindset is always my gosh i'm going to die a bag lady right so it doesn't matter. They're always looking at: Am I going to have enough to take care of my children? Or if my, you know, son comes home after a broken marriage, am I going to be able to take care of him? Um, what about? And let's not forget that we're also caretakers to our aging parents. Yeah. So the money mindset there is always one of potential scarcity. That's it's interesting, right? Even even the women who do really well um, and CFOs are in the money business for God's sakes, and they still feel that way. So it's just. It's just an interesting observation I've made over the years.
1: I think that's so true. And as a single mother myself, uh, I cannot underscore or, or overemphasize how important it is to, to be in this money mindset. Because when you manage your money effectively, you can do so much, um, you know, acquire real estate, invest, save for college, and really provide for your family in a way that, that you may not have even thought possible. With with good money management and good good advice, uh, especially during this pandemic, where you know times are tough and there's a lot of uncertainty, Jennifer, can you talk about how um, the pandemic has impacted how you've advised your clients, particularly women?
0: So first and foremost, they are you know the pandemic was a reality check for Americans um, around money that curveballs get thrown and sometimes they're pretty wicked. So you need to be ready for it. And that's the whole point of financial planning is to be ready for those curveballs so that you can make it through those rough moments. And so what the pandemic did is it highlighted that things happen, things happen that are not gonna be good for your families, but it also taught my clients how to react to that and how they could get themselves out of it. So a lot of my female clients have actually started businesses. They were laid off or cut hours or whatever, or they had more time because they were working from home. And, you know, they were getting out their cricket and starting business, making, you know, things for their home. And all of a sudden now it's this little business that they have started or whatever it was. So they also were able to overcome what had happened in the pandemic. Um, so the ones that had stuff already set aside were, you know, in a, in a nice place when the pandemic hit because they'd already planned. The ones that didn't had a little bit of a reality check of, hey, this is actually really important. This is real life and we need to be planning for it for our kids. Um, and then they also said, okay, we need to plan for it, but I can be doing more. And then they found out what they could be doing more of I think to make that, money.
1: I think that reality check is so real uh, because I think a lot of people um, lost spouses um, and other people who brought in you know, sources of income. Anita, women often, you mentioned this earlier, that women often outlive their, their spouses. Um, how can they be best prepared for, for that outcome?
2: Well, it's probably tacking on to what Jen said and that uh, when a catastrophe arrives in your life um, uh, or a tragic situation, that is not the time to get a crash course tutorial in financial management. Exactly. You need to be prepared for that moment and it's best to start today, right? Literally this minute. It's best to start planning. Women are phenomenal planners. We all know that. We plan for our kids' events. We plan birthday parties. We plan for social events. Um, But then when it comes to something that's so critical to our future lives, the future you, the future me, we we tend to just kind of, eh, I'll get to it when I get to it, right? So um, back in 2001, we would say to our clients, a lot of clients were saying, well, how how was I invested? How's my portfolio invested um, on on September 11th of 01, right? It doesn't matter how you're invested September 11th. It matters how you were invested September 10th and prior. So it always, what are you doing up until that point? Because no matter who you are, you're going to run into some situation that catches you off guard. It could be on a global uh scale as we've seen in the past 15 months it could be a very sharp hit as we saw on 9-11 but either way you're not going to escape those types of scenarios divorce by the way nowadays 50 plus and over those 50 plus and over there's this whole concept of the gray divorce Um, women tend to outlive their spouses dana as we were discussing by about five years women tend to live 81 years old that's the average on average in this country um but are you going to be planning at the age of 80 no you want to make sure that you're set up for that situation
0: now so prepping and planning is the key and i just to add to that anita it's about being proactive versus reactive and you just have to get in and and do the work early and set that foundation for yourself so that you are set up at 80 so that you are set up you know and you don't have to be a burden on your kids you've got it all figured out but it takes time to do that. And so be proactive in your planning. Even
1: if you have a partner, uh, I think the time is is now to do this. The time is now to take steps to managing your own finances. I think the most common way people give up their power is by thinking that they don't have any. Now more than ever, it is important for women to be well-versed in money management, yet so many of us fall short in educating ourselves in our own financial independence. This is important even when you are married. So if you get nothing else from this episode, I hope that you are encouraged to engage more in the management of your finances. First, with awareness and education, and then take action. You owe it to yourself and those you love. Thank you to my guests for joining me today for the work that they do in empowering others in finance. Special thanks to Comfort Care Family Dental for the smiles that they keep Hopefully you have been entertained, if not encouraged or inspired. I do not promise to be an expert, nor do I have all the answers. I'm just Dana being Dana. See you next time. This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Dr. Lance Law and Dr. Mahela Bogdanoff at Comfort Care Family Dental.